My definition of networking is building mutually beneficial relationships over time. There's a lot in that. It's mutually beneficial and it takes time. You're listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Each episode, your host, author, and lawyer coach, Steve Fretzen, will take a deeper dive, helping you grow your law practice in less time with greater results. Now, here's your host, Steve Fretzen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Be That Lawyer. I am Steve Fretzen, as the announcer mentioned, and you've heard me say this. If you've been listening to the show many, many times, I never change. I'm the same person I was yesterday and from last year and all that fun stuff. But listen, you guys, it's all about being that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker. And I think whether we're in a recession, coming into a recession, considering there's going to be a recession, I don't know what exactly is happening, but uh, I know that in some areas of law, things are slowing down and hours are being cut. And so we really need to lean into business development and in particular networking, leveraging our best relationships, meeting new people, deepening and widening our bench. I've got my friend Bill here. Mr. Provisor is going to be, uh, we met at the Group Leader Summit. Yes? That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Same table. Table we sat at the same table and we didn't have any idea what he, what he done, what we what we actually did until afterward we connected. But that's okay. Better late than never. And I was just so happy to to meet you and get to talk with you. And you sent me this fantastic book, Networking in the Virtual Age, which I enjoyed reading on my uh, drive up to, up to Milwaukee with my wife to visit some family. And uh, we're going to get into Bill's very, very extensive background and in all about him in a moment. Of course, have to thank the sponsors. Love my sponsors. We've got Legalese Marketing helping you on the marketing side. We've got Money Penny taking that whole reception thing out of your hands and having it being done in a live manner that's really more effective. I was on a phone tree dealing with the big company the other day and I wanted to kill myself. I mean, it was brutal. Hit one for this, two for that. And none of them had anything to do with what I wanted. I wanted to speak with someone and they wouldn't allow that. So it was just brutal. And then Practice Panther, helping you get organized with your practice management software and make sure you're organized, your billing, how you're managing your files and cases and all that jazz. Really good stuff. So Bill, you have a quote of the show and it's interesting. I wasn't sure. I had to read it twice. Be quick, but don't hurry. That's that. Whose quote is that? That's from John Wooden, the coach of my from my alma mater, UCLA, better known as the Wizard of Westwood, which was his advice to his players. Okay. Uh, be quick, but don't hurry. So, <laughs> what does that mean, though? That Explain that. Is, there are times when we really have to be efficient and be quick, but if you go too fast, then you're going to mess something up. Yeah. So okay. You don't want to go too fast, but you want to be, you want yeah. to beyond things. But not at the extent, the expense of making errors and mistakes that are going to end up costing you the game or costing you, you know, a client or something like that. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right. And I'm going to try to do this last name, Salibi. Bill Salibi. You got it right. Very All right. Good. I'm PhD. surprised when people pronounce my name correctly. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I like to ask first <laughs> before I destroy it. Does Fretzen isn't that challenging, but I get Friedson, I get Fritzine, I get, you know, I used to say, now not everybody knows this uh, chemical or whatever was put in certs, uh, Breathmints, but remember certs with Retson? Retson, it's, golden drop. So Fretzen, so I would say like certs with Retson, and then they would immediately know Retson. But I think that if you're under 30, you have no idea what Retson is and why it's in certs and 
how that makes your breath fresh. So anyway, you're a PhD, you're an uh, multiple author, right? You've had multiple books. Yep. I've written five books. Yes. Five books. You're just trying to one up me with four. So thank you. You're a networking expert and you're the move doctor. So you've got lots and lots of titles. And so catch us, like, take us back and share like how you came to be doing all these amazing things from being a PhD in the education space through, you know, through the, you know, through being an author and networking expert and guru and all this stuff. Okay. Well, it started out my goal as I was going through college and actually in the PhD program was to become a college professor. And I did a lot of that. I did a lot of teaching, mostly part-time at the college level, but I could see that full-time tenure track position was not going to come my way. So I had worked as a mover in out of high school. So I said, well, maybe I'll just get a job temporarily as a salesman for a moving company. And that was 40 years ago. So I mean, simultaneously, all through doing this moving business, I would also teach and speak and write and do all kinds of things. But at one point, my sales manager said, Bill, you have to network. And this was about probably 20 years ago. And I literally said, what does that mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> and he said, well, you got to meet people that do similar things and exchange leads. And But then I realized, and I was, I was introduced to larger networking groups like Provisors, and I went to join Provisors as a mover. And initially, Provisors says, no, you can't get in. You're a vendor. And then I said, well, OK. And, but I had some people that were lobbying for me. And I finally did get into a Provisors group. And then as I was servant of the process, so I back about 11 years ago, I wrote a book called Connecting Beyond the Name Tag. And I approached the managing partner of Provisors about my book. He liked it. I wrote it. I published it. And then as time went on, and then shortly after that, I got my own Provisors group to lead. And then I wrote my second book on networking, Key Networking Tips for Business and Life. And then when the pandemic hit, I said, well, there's something else happening here. It's virtual. Yeah. This is a new, these are new skill sets we have. So then uh, a couple of years ago, I wrote Networking in the Virtual Age. And I continue to have a dual career as a relocation manager for a moving company and a network expert. And I speak on networking. This week, I spoke to the Filipino-American Chamber of Commerce. And I get all kinds of different kinds of speaking gigs. And I love it because if I can help people improve their skills, that's kind of who I am and what I do. So that yeah. is a brief summary of my history. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that very much. And, uh, you know, I want to just compliment you on the book. I enjoyed, enjoyed reading it. You know, it's, it's important to, even when you, when you're, you know, quote unquote, an expert in something. And I mean, I think most people believe or feel that I'm an expert and I've written a book on networking and all that to really hear something said and laid out a different way, or to get a nugget that you just didn't pick up. And then of course I can steal it and use it. Right. That's okay. Sure can. But I love that the point you made, and this was such a cute use of words, the report versus the rapport. I just wanted to bring that up like that. I have a bunch of earmarked chapters and that uh, one, I just right away, I was like, I have to share that with people. That's really, really good. You want to just take that, it, take two seconds on that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard that a long time ago and it was okay. really apropos of the difference between typical male communication processes and females. And Typically, and by stereotypically, males engage in a lot of report talk. Let's talk about sports. Let's talk about the stock market. And women, enlightened men, I think, have more rapport talk. 
how can I get to know? If I talk to you and you mention plane crash, I would want to know more about that. Sure. I would you know, find out the feelings behind it and how it impacted your life. So establishing rapport is really one of the key elements of networking. And uh, that's the difference, report. And, and in order to be successful and build relationships, you have to engage in more rapport talk. You can yeah. do report talk. That's fine. The team's won or whatever it was. But you've also got to connect and on a feeling level. Yeah, and so I that, think yeah, and I think having a question or two prepared when you're going to an event to try to draw someone out to talk about their life and their family, they, where they live, what they do, and get that information. Or the other thing is like people show up for meetings with people that like a prospect or something like that, and they talk about the cold weather in Chicago or they talk about the sports and whatever. And I'm like, wait a second, you didn't take the time to go to Google or LinkedIn or their website to like pick up something personal or something business to ask them about and compliment them about. And I think you talk about that too in the book is, you know, compliment them on something. What a great way to start a conversation versus can you believe how cold it is? That's or or the worst. And, and I'm just saying this because it happens to me almost every day. And I got the autographed Jordan jersey behind me and people right away get into that. And that's fine. But it's like five, six hundred times now I've heard about my and been asked about my Michael Jordan jersey. Versus someone reading an article that I wrote or, or complimenting me on a book or complimenting me on my podcast, something to get into, you know, if you're going to sell me something or you want to network with me, you know, show me that you actually took 10 seconds and looked me up. Yeah, that's become more and more relevant today because we can do that. I do that every time I'm going to speak to a group, I go, I find if I can get the list of the people that are going to be in the meeting and I look up, literally, I try and look up every one of them on LinkedIn and find something out about them. So that I could say something like, oh, Illinois State University. I have some good friends of mine yeah. that went to Illinois State University. Or so you find out something and it's changed the way we communicate. So instead of saying, hi, Steve Fritzen, oh, it's Fretzen. What do you do? Well, if I've looked at your LinkedIn profile or find out other things about you, you say, well, maybe LinkedIn is one thing, but I'm also going to look Steve up on Facebook and find out, oh, he, he's he plays golf or whatever it is. And then you, you're a step ahead and people appreciate it. They say, you've taken the time to learn something about me. Yeah. So that's, it's really helpful to do that. And a tip on LinkedIn real quick, since I've got your attention, everybody is if you go to your LinkedIn app on your phone, you can record the pronunciation of your name and that'll upload into your profile. So there's a little megaphone next to your name where people can click it and hear the actual pronunciation of your name as you say it. So that's, you know, little thing, but you know, it adds up if I can start with someone's name properly versus destroying it right out of the gate, that's going to help build some rapport too, unless you want to make fun of yourself, which I do because I'm basically, you know, moron with names. So do you have then just taking a step back, Bill, because I we're going to get into some heavy weeds today on the, on networking best practices, but is there a be that lawyer tipping point in your career or in your life that where things really shifted and changed just just to kind of, you know, I'm just always curious about that. Well, I think seriously, one of them was when I became from being a college professor and a moving guy yeah. that I became networking expert. Yeah, I didn't major in networking in right. college. I learned it, but I had the I had the psychological background. So I knew some of those things. And that was always interesting to me. So I think, and then 
when I wrote the first networking book, then it triggered into the second. Yeah. And then I went and and it was easy for me to accept that because I'd all I knew that I had the skills yeah. and want to continue to learn. And obviously, as we've seen with the pandemic, we continue to learn new things. That becomes a new tipping point where, you know, as you know, as a leader that you we learned from running a group in person to learning to run a, a group virtually is it a new set of skills. So yeah. always improving the skills, I think, is how the process worked for me. Yeah. And I think it also is proven out as a clear differentiator in how you're remembered because, you know, I may not remember you as the moving guy day one, but I'll remember you as the networking expert who also, you know, I can refer for moving, you know, you know, business. So let's transition before we get into best practices for networking. Let's talk about, you know, I mean, I had struggles. I think in my book is the attorney's, what is it called? Yeah. The attorney's networking handbook, It's which is funny, by the way, because I actually have the name tag on the book because you uh -huh. mentioned the name tag, right? So yes, yes, we, yes. Were, we were aligned in our minds at one point, but I start off the book by saying, essentially, no one has made more mistakes networking than I have. I hit them all. Three hour marathon meetings, meeting with the Amway salesmen, you know, getting sold constantly helping everybody, but not able to focus on, you know, helping them help me or, or figuring out, you know, I built karma because that's what the book said to do. The books before yours and mine said to do. So what are you seeing out there either in the past or today that are kind of the top mistakes or missteps that people make, professionals make in networking? I think one of the first ones that comes to mind is they talk too much. They don't know how to finish a sentence. So I think, you know, they talk, they go on and on and on. That's one not and corollary to that is not being a good listener so those are two additionally not following up thinking that meeting somebody one time you go to you guest at a different provisors group or a different rotary club and you think by going there one time that they're gonna if they're a, a managing partner of a law firm that they're gonna hire you to coach their attorneys yeah. You need to build a relationship. There's the the networking paradigm, which you know, and Provisors puts forward, no like, trust, and refer. But I would add an element to that, no like, connect, trust, and refer, that you got to make a connection with people. And I think, uh, uh, allied to my comment about, you know, rapport, is that you take the time to build the relationship and realize that that, in my definition of networking is building mutually beneficial relationships over time. There's a lot in that. It's yeah. a mutually beneficial and it takes time. You've met people that join a networking group and after two months, they said, I think I'm going to quit. I didn't get anything out of it. Well, they don't get it. Yeah. You got to build a relationship. You've got to give. You, and, you, and that's the other thing is we get into networking. I want to get referrals. The other, the better approach is what can I give? And the more you give, the more that you're eventually going to get. Yeah. And so let's let's balance that out because I think my book really focuses on like actual step-by-step -step processes and language to not only give effectively, but also qualify the people that we're meeting with to understand their value as it relates to our network. And I even use an example of like a baseball scout where we're looking for talent that we could bring into our team or onto our team and while it's good to build your brand out there in the ether with everybody, it's going to lead into my next question, which is, is it better to be you know, broad and have a massive network of people 
that you've met maybe once or twice and that you maybe have followed up with, maybe not, but you, you, a lot of people know who you are, but, or is it better to know less people and focus on, you know, five to 10? And I think the baseball scout analogy kind of leans into that a little bit more. Like you can have a, you can know a lot of people, but ultimately there's going to be five or 10 people that you're going to want to focus your energies on because they're the ones that have the keys to the kingdom as it relates to referring you. Well, I think it, the wide, deep question really depends on what you do and where you do it. Okay. So in other words, if, if what you do is really geographically specific and you have a limited amount of, and also the amount of time you have, and you right. have a limited amount of time, then you should go deep. If you are strictly in business development and you can do business anywhere, and I'm oversimplifying, but if you can do business anywhere, then you should go deep. But Wait, then you should go deep or then you should go wide? Go wide. Okay. Yeah, then you should go wide because you can get business anywhere. But if you go wide and you don't follow up with the relationships, then that has a minimal value. Yeah. So you got to look at what the, you know, what the payoff might be, the return on on time investment is. But I think those are the key. And and I've worked a little bit with spoken to lawyers. I know you're more of a coach and I'm more of a, a speaker. And what I learned with lawyers, and I'm sure you know this, is that if you're a, if a person is a an associate in a law firm and they're told bill hours, bill hours, bill hours, that's what we want you to do, and network, clearly they have a limited amount of time, so their networking probably is going to be deep and more narrow because of their limited amount of time. But if you're strictly a rainmaker, then you can go everywhere and you can join multiple groups, and the more people you meet, the better. Did you know that 36% of potential clients would take their business elsewhere if they had a bad call experience? Roll out the red carpet for your callers and website visitors with experienced and professional Moneypenny receptionists. Our awesome team, super powered by technology, will get to know your business inside out so they can answer calls and respond to web chats exactly as if part of your team. Start your free trial by quoting the name Fretson and get started today with Moneypenny. With the help of Practice Panther, our office is more efficient than ever. We now provide an even higher level of service to our clients. I've collaborated with Practice Panther for years and I'm always hearing from happy customers just like that one. Practice Panther wants to save you up to eight hours every week and I wanna save you money. All my listeners can get an exclusive discount, 50% off your first three months. Learn how your firm can boost productivity with automated workflows, custom intake, and native e-payments by visiting practicepanther.com slash be that lawyer to discover more and claim this deal. Legally's marketing is not your traditional marketing vendor. Instead, we're a true fractional CMO that helps you save time and spend your money the right way to build the practice of your dreams. We help through the entire process, from customizing your intake system to driving leads and even getting more reviews afterwards. Schedule your free call at legalesemarketing.com. But the problem with deep is that it takes not only time, maybe less time than, than wide, meaning less time than going out and meeting hundred, you know, thousand strangers. You know, if you can meet 20 people and bring three to five of them into your inner circle, that's really the goal because now you've got a CPA, you've got an estate planning attorney, you've got a financial planner that all have the ability to refer you regular ongoing business. The problem, Bill, lies within how do I do that? These lawyers are not trained in law school or at the law firm level to do anything that you and I have now become very natural at doing. So 
What's your suggestion? And this will lead into kind of my next question about top tips for being a successful networker. But let's start with how do we meet people and then identify that there's someone that I want to have a deeper relationship with and then execute on that? Well, I think you've got to have more conversations with them. So you meet somebody and it it takes multiple conversations and multiple contacts. You've got to learn about what they do. You've got to learn about who they know and whether they're going to possibly refer you. And if you and if you like them, you say, well, I want to have more conversations. I don't know if you can refer me, but I'm going to build the relationship and see where that goes and not be impatient and not be thinking, what are they going to give me? When are they going to give me a referral? If you have the faith that you have made clear what you do, you have a good, clear elevator speech presentation, and you follow up and you show up and you're consistent, you're going to get referrals. But it isn't a one-shot deal. It's something that you do over and over and over again. Maybe try different ways of explaining. And if if you do more than one thing, some people say, well, if you do more than one, and I clearly do more than one thing, it, it's not wrong for me to mention both of those things. But for somebody new, they may just want to know I'm a networking expert or I'm a relocation manager, and they couldn't handle the two, the more than one thing that you might right. mention. Yeah. And I would add that a big, a big word for me and the clients I work with and, and what I'm teaching them, because they're limited with their time is the word qualify. And so just like that baseball scout, you know, first of all, where, how are we qualifying where we're going to meet the right people and who are the, by the way, who are those targets? You need to know who those targets are of the people that have the greatest likelihood of referring you or being in this, you know, if it's general counsels that you're going after, who else is in the room with general counsels? What other lawyers, what other professionals have those same clients or those similar audiences? And then it's about how do we, so now we met that person and how do we qualify them forward from, you know, a little, you know, baseball field in the Dominican up to the minors and then maybe up to your, you know, bench. And then eventually your starting lineup that doesn't happen overnight, Bill, to your point. So what are we doing and what questions are we asking to qualify so that everyone just isn't created equal as it relates to their ability to refer us and the likelihood that they're going to come in contact with business that, you know, and by the way, the way we reciprocate as well. I think part of it is you learn, you you need to continue to learn about people by asking questions about them so that you say, so so if, let's say, for example, someone said, I'm a, a wills and estates attorney, and you're trying to find out more about it. Well, if you don't know anything about wills and estates attorney, then you're not going to know what other questions to ask. But if you're, or let's just another example, employment attorney, you may say, well, are you a litigator or are you not a litigator? So the more things you know, and you working directly with lawyers know all kinds of variables. The way, what I describe is when I started in networking, I did not know the difference between a PI attorney and an IP attorney. Now, if someone says, can you refer me to a PI attorney? I would say, well, you, I know you mean personal injury, but are you talking about catastrophic medical or are you talking about slips and fall so yeah. i didn't know that 15 right. years ago so the more so what i found for me networking is a lot of it is just learning i'm learning about you know what's an MA advisor what how does an MA advisor get business how could i refer i've got a in my my group my provisors group i have 
I'm an A advisor disjoint, and I'm trying to learn as much about him so that not only could I possibly refer him, but other people in the group could confirm him. So what I do as the leader is try and dig down and dive deeper into what people do so we can find out more, not just that elevator speech, superficial, you know, I'm Steve Fretzen and I'm a, I coach lawyers. Beyond that, what do you, re, you know, what does that really mean? Yeah. Um, so I learn more about it and I say, all right, I know what, I, I know how I could refer Steve. Well, I think that that might lead into a discussion about, you know, how to how to craft a good infomercial or something that's going to keep people's attention. So maybe we'll we'll cover that in a minute or two. But I just want to I want to wrap up this little segment about qualifying that I think if you can identify the targets that make sense for you and you can bring them up slowly through giving to them and then maybe seeing how they play ball, how they respond, how do they interact with you? Do they blow off your emails? Do they respond to your emails? Do they you know, that might go back to the trust part, right? If they, in a good Seinfeldism, people have heard me talk about, you can keep the, res you can take the reservation, but can you keep the reservation? Right? <laughs> people say they're going to commit to things and then they don't. In fact, I came up with, this is in the networking handbook. There's the, um, the taker, there's the real giver, and then there's the apparent giver. Now we know the takers are taking, they're selling you, right? They're not, they're just there to take and, you know, they're not there to, for anyone else but themselves. Then you've got the real giver. And I think that's where you, Bill, and I fall into. Like, we care about people. We care about giving, helping, and connecting good people with good people. And we follow through and execute, which is, that's the deal. The problem is in the apparent giver. The apparent giver, we all know these people, they say all the right things. And maybe they even have the best intention of following through, but they don't do it. And then you have to check in with them. And you're chasing after them for a name that they gave you that isn't happening. And they just, those are the ones that either need to be educated or need to be dropped. Well, I think the, the key really is one of my favorite sentences in networking. Do what you say you are going to do when you say you are going to do it. It's good to raise, if somebody says, are there, who wants to be on the committee? You raise your hand to be on the committee. That's a good thing that you did that. That's not enough. Did you do a good job on the committee? No, you did a great job. Well, if you did a great job on that committee, I'm going, well, that's probably a that's a work sample. Right. And that work sample is positive. If that's the way you're that's the way you do your business, if that's the way you lawyer, then I'd refer you in a minute because I know that you do what you say you're going to do. You're a hard worker. So that's the key is volunteer, get involved, but not only get involved, but do an outstanding job. And yeah, yeah, you could say, well, I'm busy. Well, everybody's busy, but the people that do a great job are the ones that the cream that rises to the top. And I see it in my group, you know, not, yeah. not everybody shows up, you know, that's the starting point. You got to show up, but then you really, you've got to volunteer, but you've really got to perform. That, and who's being, for example, in the provisors groups, like who's being thanked all the time. I mean, those are the people that's, that's another piece of the work product is someone's being thanked three, four times by people for giving referrals and being a great networker and the bunch of people aren't getting thanked ever. Well, maybe you want to go and you want to network more with the people that are being thanked because they're the ones that actually get it and are doing it every day or have greater needs for other services. So yeah, I think that is, and that is what happens in the group. People go, you know, it's kind of the 80, 20 rule, 20% of the people are getting 80% of the testimonials. And yeah. We know who they are and they continue to do that. And those are the people obviously we're gonna we're gonna want to spend more time with. 
Bill, we've only got time for two more points because this, I don't know how that happened that the time just totally went, just came and went. And I'm like, we're having oh, a good I'm, talk here. We Steve. are having a good talk. And it's frustrating to me because I, I think we could probably do, you know, two hours on this, but two things I want to hit on. One is, all right, so I find the person that I want to bring into the fold that is that I'm helping, that's helping me. We've proven each other out. Now I feel like I've got someone on my team that's useful and that that I can continue with. How do what's like the one or two things I need to do to stay connected with that person so that things don't slip away? Because when you find a nugget of gold, you know, stay there and mine it, right? You build the relationship. I think the key is you you expand the relationship. And the way I describe it is I did not get into networking because I needed friends, but in the process of networking, I have developed some wonderful friendships yeah. because I found great people. So you build. And every time you talk to someone, you learn more things and you build on the relationship. If you find out that, that their kid, that their children are going to be going to college, you you pay attention to that. If you told me, uh, I said, Steve, what are you doing? Well, I'm going to I'm going to Boston with a for a college tour with my son Bob, Bobby. And the next time I see you and I say, Steve, do you have any kids? Well, clearly I wasn't listening. But if yeah. I say how did the college search with Bobby go? You go, oh, man, Bill really paid attention. And he really seems to care about my son's college. So building the relationship uh, every time. And you want to seek that person out more. Yeah. And if, you know, maybe just having lunch or having coffee, but building the relationship. Yeah. I mean, you may actually want to put a little bit of like a plan together as it relates to how often you're going to touch someone like that from a phone call, from an email, from a social component. How are you giving to that individual multiple times throughout the year so that relationship maintains its strength? So I think you're spot on with that. I really, I wanted to spend some time on infomercial. I don't think we're going to be able to do that, but let's do this. Let's each give one tip on how to connect with an audience or an individual in an infomercial. Because what I find is that most people do this. They go, yeah, I'm an estate planning lawyer. We do estates, we do trusts, we do wills, we do probate, we do blah, 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 blah. Next thing you know, everyone's sleeping and nobody cares. So what's a suggestion to get off of the list of stuff bandwagon and get onto the Bill and Steve better tip bandwagon? It always comes back to me, less is more. If I could understand what you do in a couple of words, that's all I need. I don't need you to go on for five minutes telling me about all the things you do. Yeah. Now, if I want to know more, Steve Fretzen, networking coach for attorneys. That's all I need to know. Now, if I want to find out more. I may find out what does that mean, Steve? Does that mean you go to law firms and work with the associates or the partners or whatever it is? So for me, it's just um, Bill Salibi, uh, move doctor. Uh, I coordinate uh, residential and commercial relocations, anything yeah. related to moves I handle. Yeah. So I say, keep it simple, keep it brief. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I just add, you know, so like mine, for example, when I talk to a room full of lawyers or an individual lawyer, you know, lawyers don't learn business development in law school with me, they do. So just that one, I mean, every lawyer has said, we never learned this in law school, at least multiple dozens of times in their life, their career, I believe, because I hear it all the time, right? So that one sentence alone, I think they get what I'm about. It's all the stuff they never learned. So now I get what Steve does. He must teach that. It's just assumed. 
The other thing that I would say is that it's good to, it's good. If you want to tell people all the things you do, one thought might be to flip it around into the kinds of problems that your prospective clients have or that the clients you work with have. It tends to be more memorable. So instead of saying, I do estate plans, it would be, you know, people struggle with how they're going to manage their affairs after their their untimely death and, and leaving that in the hands of the courts or leaving it in hands of people that are fighting over your money probably isn't the way to go. Well, I'm like thinking, I just learned about what an estate plan is through the problems he was bringing up as opposed to him saying, I just do estate plans and maybe what that means. So that may be another thought about, about infomercials, but uh, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I just recommend having something planned out that's to your point, Bill, simple but also something that's going to connect with the audience so that they they get what you do versus kind of not really you know caring or glossing over it. It's got to be clear, it's got to you know, clear, concise, memorable. Yeah. If clever, if you're funny, that's good. Mm-hmm. If you're not, don't try and be. <laughs> try and be funny with their elevator speech, they're not funny and or they try and be really clever, but if somebody says I really don't get what that person does, then it wasn't a very good elevator speech. You want it, or and it's like, is it fun? Is it are you likable? You go, I get what he does, and it was kind of fun. So you know, I I know if if I, I can possibly refer him, I will because yeah. I like him, and he it's clear what he does. He doesn't right. talk. Right, right. You know, they break it down like someone's a four year old. I think that also helps. You know, especially lawyers getting into legal mumbo jumbo. You know, you're talking to an audience, even maybe other lawyers and other practice areas, and they don't even understand what you're talking about with specific intellectual property or things that are more complex. Hey, Bill, let's wrap up with your game-changing book, which is Click by George Frazier. And I've heard the name before, but I've never read it. Tell Why that book and what's so wonderful about it? Well, the thing that I liked most about it was that he, uh, what, what he talks about is just the key to networking is clicking with somebody. Yeah. And it's, another word is connect, but you click, you go, you know, and you know that and the way I thought about it recently is, who do we like? Who are we drawn to? And who are we repelled to, from? So we have, I think, three ways. We either like people and are drawn to them. We are neutral about them or could care less or we don't like them. What we want is to be mostly that person that clicks with other people. What does that awful involve? It invo- also involves, it means you're versatile. I may click with you in this conversation, but if I talk to someone else, in five minutes, I've got to be a little bit different to click with them. So yeah. you got to be versatile in your communication skills so that you click with a variety of people. Yeah. And I think being prepared, again, you know, re- your research, your questions, how are you going to run a meeting? Are you going to set an agenda? The All these things add up to better opportunities to click versus winging it, which again, may work for you and I, because we're, you know, pretty advanced, but for other people, you know, that winging it, you know, you're going to turn some people on, you're going to turn some people off. And you don't really know because maybe somebody doesn't tell you, but you're wondering why didn't that relationship blossom? Well, you, you know, you, you're winging it may not be the right approach that situation or many situations. Bill, thank you so much for being on the show. If people want to reach out to you to talk about, you know, they've got a big move coming up, moving nationally, right? People that are moving offices. Is it both local and national? I do a lot right within Southern California, but also to very anywhere in the in the continental US. Okay. And if they want to like find you, get your books, check out what you're what you're doing, what the best what's the best uh, place to find you? 
The best place to find me probably starting place is just on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, probably easy. Bill Salibi, S-A-L-E-E-B-E-Y. You'll also see my son, who has the same name, who's a podcast expert, but so but I'm the networking and moving guy. So and he didn't set you up on it with a podcast? I you know, I've been on his podcast. Uh, <laughs> I don't you know, I haven't quite got the bug yet. But okay. You, how long have you you've been doing it quite a while so yeah it's been it's i think i i have to look but i feel like it's got to be coming up on three years and there's got to be around 250 shows or something that's been done okay. and you know and i love it i love talking with people talking with you asking questions learning stuff and my audience knows you know i'm an avid note taker so as we go through these interviews I pick up things. I pick up new things, ideas and phrases and, you know, rapport versus reports, you know, whatever. And I, you know, that's kind of my jam. But my favorite thing is just producing content that people enjoy and that people can take in without, you know, suffering through it. I know that topic, especially for lawyers, business development, such an, a harsh topic for them. Nobody said, geez, I can't wait to get to be a lawyer so I can go sell legal services, right? It's the last thing they want to do. So anything we can do, whether it's books, articles, podcast videos to make it, you know, palpable for them, you know, and that's my passion is just, just trying to help everybody. And that's what this show does, I hope. So anyway, Bill, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your wisdom. This was an absolute pleasure. And I just, uh, I appreciate what you're doing and how you're, you know, angling, you know, to help as many people as you can in your career. Thank you very much, Steve. It's been a it's been a pleasure for me, and I wish you the best. I can tell by talking to you, you're great at what you do. So keep doing it, and happy to do this, and hope that it reaches some people and helps them. That's yeah, our, that's it. Our goals are aligned. Yes, yes. Hey, everybody, thank you for spending some time with Bill and I today, and getting your networking chops up and ready to go again, whether we're in a recession or not. I have to believe we are. I, I'm leaning in that direction. I think it's going to hit some lawyers more than others depending on the area of practice. But whatever the case is, you know, building your book of business, having your own clients, networking effectively. I mean, these are things that are going to end up making you money, providing security, whether you're a solo or you're at a firm. That's really what it's all about is having that security and having that control in your career. And that's what this show is all about, helping you to be that lawyer, like the way I came around on that, Bill, being that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker, Everybody take care, be safe, be well, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Visit Steve's website, fretson.com, for additional information and to stay up to date on the latest legal business development and marketing trends. For more information and important links about today's episode, Check out today's show notes.